0: You're listening to Security Speaking, the SSI podcast.
1: Founded in 2007, Utah-based AMP has surged to be among the nation's top residential security and home automation providers. Here, leadership explains how they developed AMP into the major player it is today, how the pandemic has pushed them harder to stay on track, the strength of the firm's direct sales methodology, key market differentiators, and what's hottest in the smart home arena. So let's jump right in and get some background on the company itself. Um, You know, when was it founded? What was the vision, if you will? and uh, how many employees and locations initially. So whoever wants to jump in with some of those details.
2: Sure, I'll take that. So we started in 2007 and it was our ultimate vision to retain our accounts in house and be a full service alarm company. Um, At that point in time though, there was some significant financial trouble in the US economy Uh, during our, our first summer was the summer of 2008 and and so we do most of our account production during the summer uh, with direct sales and uh, that was right at the same time that that the uh, capital markets were were going through a a big crisis and um, there was no way we were going to start new credit facilities to be able to keep accounts in fact uh, in 2008 2009 we had trouble even finding places that would buy our accounts you know fresh fresh freshly produced um, you know uh, fresh RMR with fresh contracts. Nobody had capital at that time. Um, So, so we did, uh, we did ultimately find home, you know, for our accounts and and we continued to, to produce quite a few accounts over the next several years. Unfortunately we got stuck in a dealer model for a while and we worked very hard to get out of that. And, uh, and Rob helped us with that to break through to get credit lines in place to start retaining our accounts, which we did gradually over time. You know, we, uh, in, in 2012, we kept about 17% of our accounts and then in 2013, we kept close to 30% and then we kept ratcheting that up each year until I believe in 2017, we kept 100% of our accounts. And so um, that, that's, that's kind of our, our road to you know, ultimately get to where we wanted to be. But um, in the beginning, our vision was to, to retain the accounts in-house uh, unfortunately, we got stuck selling them for a while, but we finally got to where we wanted to be. You asked about employees and locations. Um, you know, when we first started, uh, most of our employees were, employees were sales and, and uh, install related. Um, we didn't have a lot of operations staff because we were selling the accounts. We needed some operations staff to support the salespeople and, and uh, you know support the, the, the customer acquisition process. Um, but you know, we didn't really need ongoing customer service and and billing and tech support and all of those things because they weren't our accounts. So over the years, we've ramped that up, and Dave can talk a lot about that because he he built that that within our operations. Um, but that that first summer, we just had a couple of locations in 2008, and um, and not a lot of operational staff. It was all sales and techs, and and we continued to grow our sales and tech force over the next several years, and then. At, you know started started to grow operations as as we needed it
1: uh, what were a couple of other the major uh challenges you know as you were ramping up and building it and and how did you deal with those
2: you know um sales volume is always a big challenge um in the business and and uh in our in our environment here in Utah, it's it's a very competitive recruiting environment, and so to find the right salespeople and keep, retain them and develop new salespeople to continue to to have that pipeline of, of fresh talent coming in is always a challenge. Um, you know, we we can talk about this later if we get into attrition or anything like that, but. The, the quality of the account acquisition and the quality of the customer's experience with the sales rep and the integrity that they're, you know, with which they're dealt is it, it's, it's super important um, for the long term health of the customer. And so having the right people out there and having enough of them and having them well-trained, that's always a big challenge. Um, one that we've, we've been successful at, but we work very, very hard at. Um, As far as other challenges, um, I think that that uh, learning to manage attrition, um, that's that's been more of a challenge that we've had, you know, the last few years. And we've made big strides in that Uh, It wasn't so much in the beginning. And I'm not sure if your your question was 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 pointed at at the beginning or or just generally. But um, that's one thing that we put a lot of work into and made good strides.
0: and I think I think there's, um, you know, a- Alan mentioned the the right people on the sell side. The same's true for um, for the operations of the company, um, getting the 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 correct structure built to um, take care of take care of customers and and do it in a maybe a little bit different way than has typically been done in the alarm in- industry. If you look at it historically, it's kind of you know, put on a customer and, and, uh, hopefully, you know, there's not a lot of interaction cause interaction means cost and hopefully there's not a lot of interaction along the way. And, and they just kind of renew and, and, you know, stay as a, as a customer. And, um, I think, you know, along the way, you know, running a dealer program versus running, you know, being an alarm company that, that has, you know, ongoing, um, uh, accounts that need to be need to be contacted and, and taken care of is a, is a pretty big transition. They're, they're two fairly different business models. And one of the big challenges was there's a period of time there that the way that we decided to, instead of bringing in private equity early, like a lot of people in our industry does along with the financing, um, we decided to kind of slow grow it. And we were running a dealer program alongside of a company that keeps their accounts and trying to use the dealer program to to fund that uh, uh, you know f- fund the company keeping the accounts and um, it it takes a little bit of planning and and uh, a lot of money to to build you know a company um that can take care of you know thousands of customers over multiple states and you know different regions of of the country, um, and you know both on the phone side and uh, you know for in inbound outbound calling, and also uh, with you know on the on the in the field side with uh, field technicians and providing that that in home support you know to the customer. So I think that was a that was a huge challenge, kind of running those in parallel. And then making the um, successfully making that transition.
1: And how's this year looking?
0: Um, we won't
2: hit twenty percent, um, but we will grow. Um, you know the the COVID the COVID situation uh, didn't affect us as we thought it would, but it did affect us. Um, we ended up uh, our, our sales per sales rep in the field are actually quite high. It's um, the highest we've seen in a number of years, actually. Um, and there's various reasons we think that might be the case. But what hurt us was we, we recruit sales reps out of colleges. And, uh, you know, not, not our core base of sales reps, because they've been with us for a long time. But we surround those guys with new recruits uh, from the colleges. And it's sort of a college summer job. And with the COVID pandemic, there, a lot of the parents of the college students didn't want them going out to knock doors. So we lost a, a huge number uh, or a huge percentage of our, our 2020 recruiting class. So that, that hurt our volume a bit this year, but, but we're still managing to, uh, to grow this year. So we're happy about that.
0: In, in addition to, you know, losing some of the college students that we did recruit, we didn't get a full recruiting season at the, at the colleges. Like, um, a lot of the schools were really tightening down, you know, obviously early March and, and uh, a lot of the career fairs and different things like that um, were canceled. And, and uh, so our ability to even get in front of uh, all, the, all the potential hires that we wanted was uh, impacted by COVID, so.
1: are you guys 100% residential? And if so, is it all single family or some multi-dwellings too? Yeah,
0: I would say 99% uh, residential um, and with that 99% single family. Um, Definitely, uh, you know, as the technology um, continues to to, uh, to change and, and, you know, there's additional hardware and software offerings um, at a, you know, more reasonable price and stuff. The, um, the commercial side and, and uh, multi-dwelling unit uh, market, you know, could fit pretty nicely into what we've built so far. So it's not, not something that we've dabbled in too much yet, but we definitely have our eye on.
1: What are a couple of uh, product categories that are
2: really doing nicely this year? I would say video, yeah. Uh, You know, our number one selling piece of additional equipment on top of the security system is the doorbell camera, and our number two is the outdoor camera. So like for the backyard. Uh, Video seems to be the hottest product and uh, most of our sales reps these days are leading with video as they, as they lead into the sale and they're having better success with that than leading with security. Well, it's sexier.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> yeah. People can relate to it more.
1: And do you use, do you, what do you use for backend? Do you use alarm.com or something else? Or?
2: Alarm.com. Yes, on all of our accounts.
1: Talk about you know, generating goodwill within the communities you serve. Um, what are some of the marketing tactics that the company favors, uh, whether it's more traditional marketing or social media or community involvement, those types
2: of things? Yeah, we, um, you know, we, we, we try to be very active uh, with social media. With Facebook, with neighborhood Facebook, with Nextdoor. Nextdoor is a very big thing for us. Um, I don't know if you know the Nextdoor app, but that that you know that that's how a, a small community communicates. So when we have customers within a community, um, you know, we try to try to get those customers to communicate about their good experiences through social media, and we've been very successful with that. Um, you know, we do we do things. Scott, that I think help our reputation, you know, um, for example, with our customers, we're, we're always very flexible with the elderly, for example. Um, we, we don't want, uh, we don't want bad experiences, uh, with the elderly. We're very protective of them, you know, um, you know, when it comes to contracts and things like that. Um, so, you know, we, we, we work hard to, to have, good reviews online and all of that stuff. And, and it's hard, you know, um, it, it, you know, you see, you know, see like the BBB and on the BBB, our customer reviews, like the ones that the customer have actually gone on and given a review we're we're at over four stars Uh, yet the BBB will give us a C and it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. And then you'll have another company with an A and they have like two stars from the customers. And so there are some that it's really hard to figure out, you know, but um, the ones where our customers can get on and talk about their experience, we've had very good results with that. And, you know, like for example, on Google, we have uh, over four and a half stars on Google from our customers, you know? So, so we've been able to, to ask our customers. And when our customers call in um, good or bad, we ask every customer, Hey, please leave us a review. Tell us, tell people what you think about us. We we ask customers that, and and it's been it's been good for us to kind of you know spread the good experiences and let people know about them.
1: Do you do like a net promoter score or anything like that, or serve, uh, customer surveys and that sort of thing?
2: I don't know. Do we have a net promoter score, Dave?
0: Yeah, we we do. Uh, um, every person that calls in has the option to to. Um, uh, into our customer service as an option to take a survey at the end of their call um, and you know rate their experience and and that type of thing and i think that's building toward a net promoter score um it's something that we've enacted the past uh year or so so and i think more and more customers are are you know taking advantage of that of that um and you know, it's the the good, the bad, the ugly, right? And and but it gives us a insight into, you know, what the customers are thinking and, the, and their actual experience. Um, so it points us in a direction uh, to implement change and and you know create uh, continue to create a better customer experience. We're never Why sitting.
2: Still.
1: <laughs> what was that?
0: We're never sitting
1: still. Uh, um except for right now. Yeah. Alan, um, you mentioned about, um, you know, not being afraid to interact with the customer and that sort of thing, uh, which was more the traditional old school alarm model. So in that vein, you know, how do you communicate to customers all the different services and products that you're offering and try to maybe upgrade or upsell them or enhance the accounts?
2: Yeah, Dave, you, you guys, yeah operationally we do a ton of that but you've headed up
0: yeah so we have a um a, a customer life cycle uh program that that um where there's uh specific touch points uh for every customer that that becomes um you know part part of the amp customer base um and then and then we also you know with alarm.com there's a lot of data available and and what customers are are using and not using and uh, how often they're they're using it so we we try and use that data as a proactive uh, or ways to kind of target our proactive outreach um, to customers to to make them aware of um, you know potentially additional services that they're that go nicely with what they are using or if somebody isn't using something to to try and ascertain why that is um, whether it's a, a education or confidence in, in the, and how to use it or, you know, what happens if they make a mistake and, you know, the, the, the old example of like, I don't want to make a mistake and the police show up and, you know, that type of thing. So, um, so we're always using, uh, data to, to drive our decisions and, um, and our actions. And then even on, um, the, the doors that we knock, like as our guys are, are out in areas, um, some of the doors that they knock are our current customers. And um, they like to get a feel for, you know, what the customer's experience has been, you know, just kind of impromptu. It's a, it's a person that we're familiar with, but it's a cold call to that person. And uh, trying to understand if, if they have any needs, if they're using their system, Um, if they know anybody that's, that's, uh, interested in, you know, the, the same kind of service that, that they're being provided. So, um, so a lot of different, um, uh, avenues on that. And, and, uh, we, we, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, do little test runs, you know, by market or, or by like, um, uh, no demographics, the right word, but, um, like for, you know, for example, um. People that like our entire customer base uh, that, that has a medical pendant, that, that had a medical or has a medical pendant, like when, when their system was installed, that's a, associated with, uh, with their, um, their security and, and, and all that. We might, you know, reach out to them and, and let them know about some different, you know, uh, medical items that might enhance uh, their, their needs there. Or somebody that only has a doorbell, Alan mentioned one thing that we're seeing um, that's very popular is, is a doorbell in the front, outdoor camera in the back. We might reach out to that group and and talk to them about outdoor cameras and, and some of the benefits there. So again, uh, driven by data, um, making decisions, and, and kind of catering our catering outreach um, accordingly. So a specific example of the life cycle,
2: so you know what that means, is we have a a sp- specific communication that happens three days after install. We have specific communication that happens one month, six months, three months, six months, one year. And so that it's not that everybody's getting the same communication, all 26,000 customers. They're getting it according to how long they've been with the company. So they, we can bring them down a path that helps them feel comfortable and understand our culture and, uh, and what they mean to us. Um, other examples of data, are, you know, if we, if we can see, for example, um, with alarm.com that certain customers are, are really using their cameras a lot, then we would want to reach out to those customers to offer them additional video services because we know they're interested in it. And so that's a way to meet their needs and keep them happy as customers.
0: And, and additionally, proactive outreach, if we're seeing any trouble conditions uh, with any of the sensors. Um, not waiting for them to call in and, and, you know, have a customer service issue, but we're actually reaching out to them and saying, hey, we noticed that you have a, a trouble on, on this sensor. We want to get that taken care of or, or low batteries or uh, you haven't been using your system or whatever, or you had an alarm. Um, you know, is everything going okay? Like, what, was it a false alarm? Was it a, a real alarm? you know, is there some additional training that needs to happen or, or a service that needs to happen? So
1: do you guys deal with uh, do it yourself equipment at all? Mm,
2: no, I mean, we've, we've dabbled, we've done some experimenting, but it's not, it's not a big part of our business at all. How do you see that as, you know, a, a comp- competition out there? Well, it, it definitely is for, for a certain customer. There's a certain customer who's, who's into that, who, who's, you know, one of those YouTubers that wants to watch how to do everything, and they figure it out and they do it on their own, and 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 that's and that's fine. And they're that customer may not be our customer, um, you know. And who knows? Ten years ago, that might have been our customer, and and now it's not anymore. Now it's now it's a DIY customer, and and that's okay because there's another group of customers out there that don't they don't want to mess with that. They. They, they they want somebody to take care of them, they want it to be installed, they want it to work. You know, when you're dealing with a system that has Z-Wave, Wi-Fi, security signal, LTE, and, and it has cameras, do- locks, lights, thermostats, uh, security, it had all of these different factors. It is not simple to install this stuff and to keep it working. It is not, like it is, I, I, I personally, I mean, you know i i've been in this business for 23 years and i'm the ceo of a good sized alarm company and i would not want to mess with that i mean i i would not like that's not my thing you know I, I i i wouldn't do it and and so i i hire somebody to do it you know and and i think that there's just a lot of people out there it's it's not a very yeah sure to install a doorbell camera and keep that running you can do that but when you're talking about an elaborate smart home security system there are not a lot of people out there that want to DIY that maybe one or the other. But when you're adding all of it in together, um, it's, it's, it's a lot of work.
1: As you're looking at the business landscape today, um, what would you say are the top two or three challenges facing the business?
3: Well, I could, I could start off with one. I think, um, from a financing perspective, the capital markets kind of went into their shell at the end of last year. Um, there were one or two large companies that had some problems and uh, the the banking market for the alarm industry has always been very thin. I'm, I'm sure you know that, Scott, you've been around long enough to see it. And uh, so a number of the banks that uh, specialize in lending to the industry have pulled back uh, this is a cyclical thing. We've we've seen it every five to seven years in the past, and I think we're going through that cycle right now. So that's that's going to slow the growth of the industry uh, for some time, you know, until it works itself through. Um, for for companies that grow internally, and even for those that make larger acquisitions, bank financing is essential to make the economics work. And and without sufficient bank financing, um, that all slows down. Uh, fortunately, it's such a durable industry with the recurring, um, recurring revenue and, and the high margin uh, margins that can be driven from that. It, the industry kind of flattens out and continues on and and, and grows for a while. Uh, the companies that are highly stressed tend to disappear. Maybe they become acquired or uh, merge with somebody. somebody. But uh, uh, I think for the next 12 to 18 months, um, it'll be challenging for companies to to raise capital and um, that that creates uh, opportunities for companies that have already put their capital load in, in place. so I, I think we're probably pretty well positioned right now because we were able to close our transactions um, last year and then uh, the middle of this year in, in spite of the, uh, uh, the the contraction of the uh, capital markets for the industry. Uh, which is uh, speaks well to what what uh, Alan and Dave have built in terms of their operations and and the platform. So I, I think financing is is one of the challenges at this point in time.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. That would be number one. Um, I think that uh, you know for us, and this this may be different for, for other companies, but um, the ability to recruit and train new sales talent. Um, the, the younger generation, we're, we're having to adapt as a company in in training methods and, and sort of how we bring along new sales reps. And uh, that's been a challenge. Um, you know, there, there was a period of time where we were having um, more Sales reps quit after coming out and trying it for a week or two, and um, as a company, we we have adapted. And we had the, those those sales reps that did show up this summer, um, despite COVID, um, did extremely well. Uh, our, our best retention that we've had in years, and we've developed new programs for that that we're quite excited about. But that is a challenge to keep that pipeline of uh, new salespeople um, going, and, and so we'll continue to work hard on
0: that. I think, um, well, I guess we'll all give one. Um, I think uh, technology is, uh, is uh, a, a challenge and an opportunity. I, I guess all, you know, most challenges are opportunities also, depending on how you look at them, but um, keeping up with, with the technology and then, because um, it, it is, you know, continuing to change. We talked about this a little bit, but, you know, how you educate the customer on, uh, you know, new technologies that are out there and, and new services that, that they can take part of and that, and it kind of goes into what Alan was just talking about, you know, um, continuing to educate, uh, you know, new, new people to the industry and, and on the, on the sales and operations side of the, the company, um, just all the, the different technology that's out there. A good example is, um, you know, cell radios as, as they kind of, entered the market um, what probably over 10 years ago now as like a separate piece and then you know as you know integrated into the into the panel as a module or whatever but then you know it, it was a, a great step forward for the industry um, when it first started it was kind of a backup uh, a cell backup to a, a pots line and, um, and, and then it became kind of a primary you know use of communication but now you're now all the, all of our companies are dealing with uh, sunsets of, of radios and, and things like that. So um, and and those create additional you know challenges um, in in keeping you know systems online and 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 under certain timelines and and things like that. But it's also opportunities to interact with the customer and um, you know educate them about some additional. Uh, technology that's available, and and we don't know exactly where it's going to go or what what's going to be the next thing to sunset. Um, that we'll have to have to take care of. But I think technology um, is a, a continued challenge.
1: Which uh, which competitor is concerning more the the local guys in those areas that you serve, or the nationals,
2: or how do you see that competitive landscape? That's a great question. You know. When you look at players like Google and Amazon, um, I can easily sort of give you an argument that, that they're not going to be a factor in what we do because we're full service. And, and we talked about the DIY stuff earlier and I gave you that argument. And, um, and I believe that, but when you say what worries you, the, the national and regional and local competitors that do what we do, we already have them figured out. Like we understand them and they're unknown. I would say that Google and Amazon are more of an unknown. And even though I can easily build an argument that, that they're not a factor, um, you know, in the back of your mind, they're pretty big. And so you have to consider them and you have to, to figure out ways to have product offerings that are different and and one step ahead and you know more customer focused and more personalized and all of those things but i would say that if i had to pick a a a worry not that i lose sleep about it but that just something that we need to be sure that we we stay ahead of it would be the google and amazon type companies
1: yeah definitely gonna be interesting to see where they go it will be I think um, they
0: also, um, you know, big, big names like that, Google, Amazon, Cam, uh, Comcast, and, you know, um, that they, they put a lot into marketing, uh, that we don't have to, they, they bring, bring awareness, um, to the consumer kind of precede people that, uh, not precede, but, um, seed seed information, um, to, to, uh, people that we talk to and kind of create awareness of um, things that are out there, um, the ability to have a doorbell camera or, um, you know, video that, that comes to your phone and, and alerts and, and things like that. So I think they, um, they, they also, in a weird way, provide a little bit of a benefit to us. Um, they we're, we're a lot of times talking to consumers that have considered it because they've seen an ad on TV or, or online or, or something like that. And they're like, oh, that, that sounds cool. And back to Alan's point about DIY, that sounds cool, but it it's, might be above my pay grade to, to get involved in that. And then we come along with a, an offering that uh, does all those things. And you could argue plus some um, with, with the ongoing support and, and backing to that customer where they feel comfortable and uh, making the switch to security and smart home, um, so so I think there's a, a lot of benefit there as well. Um, it, it's one hurdle that our guys knocking on a door, cold calling somebody, um, we're seeing as less and less of a hurdle. Having to educate them about about the industry or or you know some of the offerings and, and things like that out there. they they've they're they're asking. Uh, Pointed questions like, "Well, you guys offer cameras? What about a doorbell camera?" You know, and and you can say, "Well, yeah, we do, and here's how it all works," and and that type of thing. So um, that education is helpful.
1: As we look out uh, to 2021, what are you uh, excited, uh, maybe looking forward to,
2: and what are you a little apprehensive about? I'm excited to be well financed right now. It's a big deal. And um, I think it's going to create opportunities. Um, this, this financing that we just completed is, you know, gives us a, a paved road for, for several years. And uh, we just now, we just go to work. And uh, there was a period of time there where Dave and I spent a lot of our time worrying and working on making sure we had capital to grow. And uh, this is the clearest path that we've ever had. And so we know what to do now. We just, we just go to work and we have the money to do it. Um, we're not gonna try to reinvent the wheel. We're just gonna go out and do what we do and, uh, and put this money to work. Now I can tell you what I'm worried about. If you wanted to hear that as well? I like ending no. on a good note, but, but <laughs> that, that's fine. You know, I, I think that um, the uncertainty surrounding COVID is still a bit of an issue. Um, I, I'm, I'm concerned how that will affect recruiting Uh, new salespeople um, because that that's our vehicle that's our growth vehicle Um, and so you know for example if if um, as the world changes and there's less face-to-face interaction that's that's how we do things we're face-to-face when we recruit when we train when we do all these things we do it face-to-face and so um, we'll have to adapt with that and um, so so that that's that's a little bit of a worry but but we will figure it out
1: yeah. Well, everybody's looking at that.
2: Yeah. On the other hand, th- there's a high unemployment rate. And for us, high unemployment rates have always been that recruiting's easier, obviously. Recruiting salespeople is easier when there's a higher unemployment rate. Uh, recruiting people that are willing to go out and, and stretch themselves and work on commission and all of that stuff. If there's more people available, we, we'll find them. So on the bright side, uh, not that I'm rooting for a high un- unemployment rate. But um, but if there is, you know, we'll we'll be able to hire people.
1: You think you might uh, expand beyond the twenty states that you're in? Is that something
2: on the roadmap? Oh sure, yeah, yeah. We'll expand as as opportunities arise. As we, we have certain states that we like the look of them that we just haven't had the personnel yet to to go in there. So as we grow, we'll we'll add states for sure. But we do like geographic concentration. Um, we are we are not a company that spreads our accounts all over the place. We, we want to have thousands of an account of accounts in each market. Um, that's how we can give them good service.
1: We appreciate your interest and encourage you to subscribe to Security Sales and Integration and its newsletters. Regularly visit securitysales.com for the latest news and follow SSI on social media.